Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined from sunny Miami by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? It's nice to be, you know, back with you two after you guys, you know, had your time together in, in Atlanta this weekend at the camp, and I was all Obama lonesome, uh, you know, being left out of things that I'm sure were awesome. Oh yeah, you know, it was a lot of people asking where you were. Where's Rob? Where, where's Rob? I thought uh, you guys did everything together, and I said, well, you know, I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but we had Nick staying at, at Casa de Womack, taking up the guest suite. Didn't even make the bed before he left. Uh, oh, <laughs> boy. What a chump. <laughs> Joining us from- Although, to be fair, in Nick's defense, don't you want to wash the sheets anyway? So, yes. you know, him making the bed really just creates more yes, work for you. You don't have to make the bed. Joining us, Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going? Well, you can say what you want to about the, the sheet etiquette, but Grizz looked pretty comfy there in the, uh, in the way the bed was left after, uh, after I took off, it seemed. Yes, I did send Nick a, a picture of my dog, Grizz, who had gone into the room to see where Nick was, only to find him gone, and he was laying on the bed, very sad, leaving leaving the area which Nick left unmade, uh, assuming he was going to return, but he never did. So um, what I usually do when I'm staying at someone's house, I will. I'll strip the sheets. Uh, I didn't do that the last time I stayed at your house, Rob, but generally I'll strip them off and leave uh, leave them in a pile with the towels of yeah, and that's, I think that's the nice thing. I think people think they're being considerate when they make the bed, but it's like you know, that's right. Just exactly, you're going to take it apart anyway. Most times. Um, so anyway, we, we this is actually our second take. We had a nice riff on the Kardashians earlier, which is now lost uh, to the uh, annals of history, as uh, we had some technical issues. But we want to remind everyone that uh, you need to tell a friend. You need to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, our numbers are doing pretty well, but it's the doldrums, and we're trying our best to, to bring you guys a new show every week. So, uh, you know, we need those ratings. We need big, terrific, fantastic ratings. So, and, and point is, just to sum it up, the Kardashians are awesome, and you losers that are making fun of their baby name have nothing better to do than to mock people you don't know. That, that's the long and short of the Kardashians. That's right. Stop making fun of children's names. Okay. Especially when I know a kid with the same name that's committed to Florida State. And we're going to act like True Thompson is this crazy name that only a Kardashian can come up with. But like we all know a guy that has literally the exact same name. Yeah, exactly. So that was the that was the long and short of it. We talked about Kim Kardashian ruining her uh, high school reunion by upstaging everyone. So uh, that that was all you missed. It was, it was relatively funny. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Um, but you know what? I, I ask people, speaking of which, I'm getting text messages fast and furious here. You know, I asked some people, hey, I got some excess plants running around here at Walmack Farms, okay? We're, we're, we are producing at an all-time high volume. And then I sent some text messages out. Hey, you know, I got some extra mint. I got some extra cantaloupe. I got some tomato plants, that are all, all grown straight from seed. Uh, so it says, oh, is it spearmint or is it uh, peppermint? Like, you know what? Do you want it or not? How about that? <laughs> Jesus. You're, you're, and many of our listeners don't know that you are the Bhagwan and have a self-sustaining, like, you know, you're ready for a cult to move into the That's property. right. I have all types of fruits and vegetables. I grow stuff straight from, Nick can tell you, we had a big development this week when we had an avocado sprout out of the uh, avocado seed I've been growing. So we got all types. We got celery. We got onions, all, all from food I ate. So uh, somebody actually made fun of me recently and said, you know, what do you mean from food you ate? Like, did you save your, you know? Bowel movements. <laughs> Wait, Nick, Nick knew that was coming. Were you the one that said it, Nick? No, but I was thinking it in my head before somebody beat me to it. 
Did you, hold on. Did you have the drum roll queued up? Do you yeah. have a soundboard? What's going on down there? <laughs> we do have a soundboard as part of the uh, Zencaster package that we used to record this. Uh, so Nope, just, sit, just sitting in my drum set. Do the baseball one, Nick. Well, it, it really shows how involved I am in this that I'm asking. Do you have a do you have a soundboard? And you're like, yeah, the program that we use comes with one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. That one's one of my favorites. So anyway, uh, moving on. We want to jump right into it. We we had a little riff on this earlier. Well, uh, I might have unfavorited the tweet. Wow, because I thought it was we were done talking about it. A huge mistake by me. I'm gonna go back and back through here through my uh, through my screen. I I think I lost it flat out. Devil's Digest, uh, our old pals, got Rob uh, fired up talking this week about. Uh, we had their assistant coach, one of their assistants, saying, of course that he talks to janitors uh, in addition to teachers <laughs> to get feedback on players and their character. Rob is really angry. We don't, the bottom line is we came, we came to the conclusion that we don't think this is true, right? No, it's again, one of those things that coaches say for other coaches. And you know, it's, it's, there is no conceivable way that an assistant football coach has ever approached a janitor in the hallway and been like, Hey, do you know the name so-and-so? And the, a, that ever happening. B, the guy saying, yeah, of course. And what if he has the wrong name? And and what if – and I said this earlier. What do they expect these janitors to know? They see them for probably a combined six minutes throughout the time of the day. And you, that, that's assuming they're standing in the exact same spot as these, the kids that are being asked about. If there's any kind of like glaring thing where they're plotting a crime or something, shouldn't the janitor go to the people at the school and not just wait around for football coaches to ask them? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I heard him planning to knock over a convenience store down the street during third hour. But, you know, I didn't say anything because I figured a football coach might ask me later. So. <laughs> All right. Here I found it. Interesting. Con- here I found it. Actually, this is a bonus. We did not have this on our initial lost recording. Interesting comments from, a def- from defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez about evaluating players. So that aside from coaches and teachers, he does talk to janitors at the high school of a prospect. So the janitor will always keep it straight about a player's character. Then he, I did. We missed this one. He reached himself and said, "He said that based on his experience, a janitor's comment about a prospect's flawed character will ultimately come through, come true throughout the recruiting process as well." Well, there you have it. <laughs> yeah, why are we even talking to the kids or the coaches anymore? We have or the teachers. We have a track record. Why is it okay? Why is it a janitor that we make the deal? This is the second assistant coach. Why isn't it like a school resource officer or an office secretary or a math teacher or a, you know some kind of student teacher? Why is it only the janitor that holds the secret key to character? Well, he said in addition to in addition to teachers. My, uh, so he just talks to the entire school. My question would be: I, I think if we're talking to somebody, if we're ranking. No offense to janitors. I would talk to like the lunch lady because, you know, if someone's rude to service staff, uh, as we know from former employees who worked at Rivals.com, I feel like that that ultimate, that flawed character ultimately comes through throughout the process, don't you think? Well, the point is no lunch lady knows these kids' names. No janitor knows these kids' names. They're collecting a paycheck, man, especially the janitors. They're not in there to monitor who's good and who's bad and who smells like weed when they come in the door. They're just... Trying to make money, man. I disagree. I, I bet you the lunch ladies know the football players real well because I'm sure they're always going through the line being like, can I get an extra scoop of this, a, right. a thing of that. And a good lunch lady, which you should take care of them, right? And they're gonna, Yeah, and the players are going to sweet talk the lunch ladies. I remember. I remember. Yeah, uh, I'd be like, hey, can I get a chocolate? You know, I know it's only chocolate milk on Wednesdays, but I know you got some extra ones back there. You can 
slide on. That's, yeah, that's, that surprises me not yeah. at all that you're cutting secret deals with people in high school. Yeah, that's that's me. Best believe it. You know, I had all yeah. I had all types of things going on, all types of hustles. So, uh, and you know, my mom was an aspiring lunch lady and janitor. Um, unfortunately, she didn't ever get any of those coveted positions she was after. But uh, we need to get like a sound for every time you demean your mother on this podcast, like a bell that we can ring or something. <laughs> I'm just saying, I know she was up for several positions that she didn't, she didn't ultimately get. Um, although she used to do something with, with uh, Head Start. You remember Head Start? You guys know what that is? No. Uh-uh. Like Kickstarter? No, it's like a, it's like a program for, uh, for kids, especially during the summer, like, grade school age kids to go essentially go to school because while their parents were at work or whatever, kind of like a latchkey situation. But uh, ah, so she was a definitely involved in a lunch lady situation with them. So maybe I'll ask her if I ever talk to her again. Anyway, point is coaches are still lying out there on the internet and nobody's talking to any janitors. And I'm going to do a story where I survey 50 janitors in South Florida and see how many of them have ever been approached by a high school coach. Right. Exactly. That's where we're headed because Rob's getting angry and I love when, uh, when Rob's angry. So, Big time actual recruiting news happened this week, guys. While we were running around, there were commits flying left and right. Nick was Nick was scrambling to write commitment stories. He had different kids calling him all hours. Rob had several as well. We'll start with Oklahoma. I think they ended up with seven commits or maybe a grad transfer is included in there. They got a grad transfer from Notre Dame. But the big two, the two that everyone's really talking about, five-star wide receiver uh, Theo Weiss and five-star wide receiver R.J. Henderson, who actually – committed to Oklahoma was it last year at this time Nick that they committed initially uh, a little bit earlier yeah both uh both guys committed on a junior day in like February of last year first right then they decommitted Henderson in that time also committed to Oregon and then decommitted and uh here we are uh time is a flat circle as uh whatever Matthew McConaughey's character would say in that one tv show I watched one time Nick, you were taking a lot of heat because yeah, you had thought, you know, recently predicted that Weiss would end up at Texas A&M. So what was your take on these guys committing? And I know when you were talking to Henderson, I think you were talking to him in, maybe in front of me or, or somewhere around here. He said he's done, not taking visits elsewhere. So given that these guys have already committed twice, you know, f- f- do, do we think it sticks? Is this are, are, are we done for good? What do you think? Well, he, yeah, and he actually told me that while en route to Texas A&M for an unofficial visit, which, <laughs> was, which, was, which, was, which had to have been after he committed to Oklahoma because he had the video ready to go on Friday. So, um, so that's already, I, I don't know, depending on how you look at it, that might already be out the window. I know, I know, that, I know that Theo, uh, well, it, it's not surprising that both these guys wanted to commit together. That, that was the, you know, the popular opinion all along, and both those guys you know, kind of – uh, let it be known that that was sort of the sort of the plan that they had kind of you know planned to team up and and stick together if it was a if it was a school of mutual interest and Oklahoma had always stayed in the picture for both of them I think I think I personally think Theo probably would have liked to have taken a little bit more time with it but you know RJ uh, all throughout the recruiting process has had a pretty uh, you know he's he's been pretty quick to to make decisions like this um, I'll stop short of calling him impulsive but he's been uh you know, it's kind. Of, it's kind of been. It's kind of been on that order for him, and I think. But I think really, what ended up happening, uh, you know, more more than anything, is is everybody saw how successful Oklahoma was last season under Lincoln Riley in his first year, and you know that pretty much dispelled all doubt about you know what the d- overall direction of the program was uh, with him at head coach, and you know when you have a young charismatic guy that gets along with guys, and 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 clearly already a pretty well established relationship with the program as those two did. 
um, you know, it's not a surprising decision at all. I, I, this, I chose to predict that, uh, you know, that Theo might be considering A&M because I was thinking that the process was going to go a little bit longer for him. And, and that would enable more time for, for more schools to make an impression with them. But that just didn't end up happening. I want to, I want to ask you this while I have you, because, you know, this is my favorite thing when commitments happen. Did Texas want these two guys? Because the Texas fan narrative, I like going over there and reading the sour grapes uh, whenever a school loses a commitment. The Texas fan narrative was he wasn't a priority. Now, is that is that you know the the, the famous commitment issues lie or is that true? Well, you know, I I don't know about that. I mean, the, te- Texas really wasn't a player for Theo throughout the you know throughout the better part of his recruitment. You know, they just didn't for whatever reason uh, timelines and interest didn't really just seem to match up. I mean, I know when Art so they didn't was that they didn't want him then. For, that was real. There are uh, there are plenty of good wide receivers, especially this year in Texas. I mean, you mentioned Whittington, and then I think. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Oh, Garrett Wilson, for sure. I mean, they feel good about him. I mean, he's only down to two schools between Texas and, and Ohio State. And then obviously with him living in Austin, you know, everybody thinks that, um, you know, despite despite him being from the Columbus area, it's, it's really that's really kind of an interesting dynamic, whether he chooses to go back to where he, he came from or, or chooses to stay where he's been for the more meaningful part of his football career. And I guess probably, you know, uh, growing up. Uh, so so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He's 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 due to make those that big decision here shortly after his uh, Texas official visit, I think, which, which comes after his Ohio state visit, but yeah, well, it's down to those two. The bottom line for me is like Rob said, you know, guess what? If you didn't want him, then who cares? You know, why, why are you mad? You know, like it, it, when the case of they're getting Whittington, they're, 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 pro- they might be getting Wilson, as you mentioned. Okay. Well, if those are the guys that you like, then what do you care? Why do you, why do you, well, in addition, I mean, in addition to that too, there's Elijah Higgins, who's a, you know, a four star, you know, pretty big talented wide receiver that I think, you know, kind of fits the same sort of, uh, you know, sort of fits the same kind of mold of wide receiver as a Theo Wees. And he's also in the Austin area, uh, has taken multiple visits already to Texas too. So I think, you know, it, when it comes down to trying to compete with an A&M in Oklahoma, USC for Theo Wees, or trying to get a guy that's already in your own backyard that's taken, you know, multiple visits there and and as good friends and plays on the same seven on seven team with Garen Wilson. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of communication overall um, between those two guys that are already in the area. They, they probably feel pretty good about those chances for grabbing those two guys. Right. But so Oklahoma fans, you should be very happy. Texas fans. What do you care? You know, <laughs> let me let me ask you this, Woody, because I'm writing something that sort of, I guess, relates to this for Thursday. If I had to ask you right now, Lincoln Riley is 34 years old. He's recruiting very, very well. He's been in the playoff already. What would you put the present chances that this guy wins a national championship at Oklahoma? Well, I, you know, not this year. I mean, just sometime. I would say. I mean, I don't know. I would say he's got a decent chance. I would put it up. I think it's I think it's really high. I think it would be I think it would be, you know, okay, well if you're saying there's a hundred, you know, I you never know. Everything has to fall right for your team. Cause I mean, think about think about, you know, how dominant Oregon was in the Pac twelve. They didn't win one. They made it to two, they lost, you know. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think they're gonna be in the mix for the playoff every year. I don't know how I, personally, I'm not so super high on them this year. I think, you know, I think it can't be understated losing Baker Mayfield and how much he kind of did for the team. Um, and I'm not so, so sold on, 
you know, some of the other options yet, at least, especially, you know, I was never a big Kyler Murray guy and I don't think what he's shown in college so far as has really changed my mind there. I personally, you know, I'm a bigger fan of Austin Kendall, but I mean, even Nick and I were talking about it this week that we're not sure if, you know, what, where he's at and, and if, if he's going to take the job either. So I, I just think, but I do think if we're saying, if we're buying, if we're, if we're, you're giving me five to one odds and saying, Hey, if will Oklahoma win a national championship while Lincoln Riley's the coach, I would, I would put some money down on that. So I guess, I guess a 20% chance then, huh? Yeah, I have ranked for Thursday the uh, top six most likely coaches uh, to win their first national championship by in order of likelihood, and I have Lincoln very high on that list. Oh boy, that's going to make people mad. People going to be angry. Really excited oh, about it. Jeez. Okay. All right. Moving on. So big shout to Oklahoma. We can't we can't undersell how big of a weekend uh, they had on the recruiting trail. As uh, I believe they're now number one in the Rivals.com team rankings. Is that correct? Do we know? They are. Uh, Florida State is number two after their big right. Weekend. So, yeah, we want to touch on a couple other ones. I personally, I don't know, Rob. You choose. Do we want to talk about Florida State? I was kind of more. I was more impressed with what Clemson did, at least over the weekend. But I guess uh, if we're looking at it, let's see. I guess they get, you know we have one, two, three, four commits, and five basically in the last week for for uh, Florida State. Clemson got uh, one, two, three, four, five over the weekend. So basically even. Um, but I think, I guess right right now, Goolsby, uh, Maurice Goolsby, who committed to Florida State, is ranked higher. So he'd be the highest ranked commitment. I personally think that Ladson is, Frank Ladson, who committed to Clemson, is better than, <laughs> than him. Yeah, you're probably right. But we haven't updated right. those rankings since. You know, we haven't seen Goolsby in a while either. Uh, it's been some time since I've seen him. I, I, I mean, his film is great. I've seen him in person a number of times, more than a year ago. But he's been kind of scarce as far as uh, being at events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen him since he was in the seventh grade, probably. <laughs> but boy, is he good. Yeah, he's definitely good. So, so look, and he's got a chance to do the circuit, man. I mean, he probably won't commit to Miami, but he's already knocked two out of the big three out with commitments. So, my dream that somebody commits to all three schools. is is alive and right. Well. That's what Rob's. Rob's really rooting for someone to commit to all three uh, Florida schools. But it, it, this is the time where people need to start tuning back in, and I think the reason why is because of some of these early official visits. I think we're seeing guys commit. I mean, uh, it seemed like we were in a lull there where nobody was committing, and then boom! Last, I think the week before last, we had twenty-five. How many people committed total this week? I'll, I'll look it up while we're uh, while we're talking. But I know it was it was a lot of numbers when I saw the email come out. Uh, last week for the commits of the week. So, um, you guys have you guys attribute anything to that, or is that just how we? It's spring games, man. You know, I mean, when people get on campus, a lot of kids making visits, and that equates to a lot of commitments. Usually, when there's a high volume of, of visitors, there's you know people are gonna take the bait. You know what's interesting though is uh, <clears throat> when when we were out there, you know, mo- most of the kids that I talked to in Atlanta this past weekend had all, all seemed pretty. Um, it's it's such a it's such a, a change in culture because out you know like out here in Texas kids can't wait to take these these spring and summer official visits and out out in Atlanta this past weekend it didn't seem like anybody was super interested in taking advantage of that yeah at I, least the guys that I talked to I think there are some kids who would be smart to lock in their spots uh, with the early signing period and stuff I know we we saw some kids who waited too long last year and ended up you know overplaying their hand. Personally, if I'm going to go to a school, I want to be there on a game day. I want to take an, you know, I want to, I want to experience it. So maybe it's just a fact of 
you know, if, if for example, you know, Theo Weiss, he can get to Oklahoma anytime he wants, I guess. So maybe he'd rather take an, an official visit at a different time. Uh, but, but I, I don't know. I, I think you're going to see the kids in the South, Southeast, especially in Rob's neck of the woods, wait as long as possible to do anything, uh, let alone take visits. Right, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. You and I were talking earlier today though, you know, <laughs> I think the visits, some people are taking some spring ones. You'll see some top flight kids. I think John Dunmore has some on the schedule. He's going to take some officials, guys like that. Uh, we, you and I were talking about Leonard Manuel today and how, you know, he may not take officials. He's a 2020 kid, but this is a guy that may have six commitments in him. You know, he's, he's already staring down the barrel at number three. Uh, he's got a really, really, really good mentor, Justin Watkins, who I think did four last year. Uh, they're from the same neck of the woods. So, you know, that's how things work down here. Things are done quickly and then undone just as quickly. Yeah, he was committed to Tennessee. He was committed to Miami. And now it looks like Georgia is the team to beat for him. So, and he's very good. Uh, so I think uh, we're going to see, we're definitely going to see some, a lot, a lot there. And I think, guess what? I think a lot of these guys who are committing, you should be happy if, if you're the school, but it would, especially dealing with wide receivers, you never know what they're going to do <laughs> at any given time. I want so badly for somebody to do six. Yeah, I think we're. I think the we we should do some. I, I've actually thought about doing like some an article where I go back and look at hey guys who committed to three or four different schools and how they panned out. But it's hard to track that information. Um, it's just you have to really remember it uh, from your head. And even I think like even me, I forgot that Dalvin Cook had committed to Clemson at one point. That just totally went out the window for me until I stumbled across it. So. Uh, he famously did. Well, how do you count guys like King Kongbo who committed to four schools at the no, same they time? Have to have it, now. It had to have been, they had to have announced it or reported it or whatever. That was just teams saying he silently, there was just reporters saying he silently committed. Uh, so, so yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. The, 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 I think, I think back to Watkins is probably, who was the kid who went to Washington state from down there? Isaiah Johnson. He yeah. went, that was before my time. Well, it was right when it was right. Yeah, it was right about the time you started. He went to Louisville, Florida, Washington State, and there might have been one other one. Uh, Watkins did LSU, Louisville, Texas, and where did he end up? Florida State. So he Florida did four. State. That's probably the best in recent memory. So we're 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 going to try to maybe maybe you and I could do some research on that. We'll see if, if I can if I can. And wait, wait a minute. If I recall correctly, he was committed to Florida State twice. Perhaps I, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, we're getting bogged. We're getting bogged down. Moving on. News came out this week that uh, Alabama and several other schools were interested in hiring former Ole Miss coach Hugh Freeze. At which point, they were discouraged uh, from doing so by uh, the SEC commissioner. Which I found pretty interesting. That uh, you know we've seen Nick Saban kind of t- take a lot of these coaches, almost almost rehab them. Uh, you know, given given the opportunity to do so with uh, Steve Sarkeesian, who who obviously left USC under a little bit of cloud of uh, of suspicion when he was dealing with some alcohol problems, uh, he he's obviously back on track now, coaching in the NFL. We saw Lane Kiffin, who nobody wanted to touch with a ten foot pole, and and uh, all of a sudden Saban rehabs him, and that you know Butch Jones is is now working at Alabama in an off field role, and then the you know that was the thought they're going to hire Hugh Freeze. Uh, give him a give him an analyst job, or maybe even an, an offensive coordinator job, and go from there. But didn't happen. So personally, I I think it's just I think they did it from a PR perspective. But do you think it's weird that the conference should be telling the schools who they can and can't hire? 
is it possible that there's stuff that just hasn't come out yet and they don't want him back in the SEC spotlight because people will then start digging again and maybe find something else to publicize? Is that possible? Is, or maybe something hasn't come out in court? Because, I mean, why, why, why draw the line in the sand now? Why can you hire all these other guys and not have the SEC interview? Okay. But when it comes to Hugh Freeze, the conference. Well, here's, so here's what an article says from AL.com, uh, which I'm not sure if they're linking to somebody else or not. It was only a few days after Saban's mid-January meeting with Freeze that he learned he couldn't make the hire. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey informed both Freeze and Alabama that it would look bad for the SEC for Freeze to be back coaching in the league while Ole Miss suffered from NCAA penalties incurred under his watch. The SEC preferred that Freeze, who resigned in July following a pattern of personal misconduct, go off the radar for at least a while before trying to return to work at one of its schools. Yeah. They're right because how does that look? You know, the kids are punished for your misdeeds and your right. so, yeah, and and at Alabama too, where you're like potentially a national champion or something the next year. I, right? Yeah, I think so. So I think if you read that explanation, yeah, it's it okay. Sense. I think this is a special this is a special case though. I think you know maybe maybe if it was like they wanted to hire Art Bryles or something and then you did that, but as far as whatever he got into in his personal life, I mean, you know. People do things, uh, Betty. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I, I, like I'll just go ahead. I don't care that Hugh Freeze was hiring escorts at all. Like I just don't. Um, but you're right; it would look bad to have the kids punished with ball bands and Freeze coaching for a national championship at Alabama or something. I just think it's interesting that that Alabama's, you know, they they leave no stone unturned, and that's why they've had such consistent success, in my opinion. They're rehabbing people, doing all types of different things. Uh, I found it pretty interesting. Also. Well, well, I'm scrolling around here while I'm on uh, AL.com. Lost in the hype. The other Alabama QB is going to surprise a lot of people. And it's, it's is it Mac Jones? Mac Jones. <laughs> but oh, baby. Of, all the quotes in the story come from Damian Harris, who is uh, well known as being one of Mac's uh, BFFs on the team. So uh, we wish Mac all the best, one of our favorite recruits of all time. But uh, Do you want to talk about friend of the show? <laughs> well, you unfollowed him on Twitter, so I don't think he's your friend anymore. Yeah, well, I don't follow anybody on Twitter. Once they sign with the school, I don't care how much I like you, you're done. You're fired. Um, one story before we, we move on, we wrap this up. Uh, Temple, which, of course, uh, we had uh, one of their graphic designers on last year when he was given the title of swag coordinator. Well, they're at- And provided one of the worst interviews in the history of this podcast. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it. You want to talk about milk toast. Boy. Well, we tried. We gave it a shot. You know what I mean? Well, for somebody that calls himself a swag coordinator, I mean, come yeah, on. he didn't have much swag. Uh, I forget the guy's name now at this point. It was it was uh, during the doldrums, much like this time. They, did they play their spring game already? <laughs> That's, now I have this. No, I think it's this really weekend. Right? Up. Uh, Temple uh, put players. No, I think they did it already. Temple put players. Uh, this okay. is from uh, College Football Talk. Temple put players' Twitter handles on the back of their jerseys for the spring game, and then there's a uh, there's a picture of it. Uh, Jeff Collins actually tweeted it out. Uh, I think it, I think it's pretty cool. Um, now, obviously, you know you got to be careful, of course, with uh, <laughs> with what you got there. But you know we've got we've got you know uh, track chaser. We've got eat team two. We've got uh, you know, yeah. Well, you got to be careful, is right. You don't want you know. <laughs> man, I got to be careful too. Right, talking about it. Sweet pea. We didn't know that. I think. Guess what? This is an idea. And I'm not sure if this has happened in the NBA or something like that. If you want to talk about the All-Star game or 
Well, they put nicknames on NBA jerseys for a while. Remember when you know King James or LeBron had King James in the back like, of his yeah, jersey? I think they did like one game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think it's a great idea. I think I would love to see. Of course, the NFL would never, ever, ever, ever do this. But I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. What did you guys think? I love it. And I, I love it to the point where I even went through before the show and looked at some of the Temple players' uh, handles. Okay. And I, I, I got so happy when I found Touchdown Daddy because I thought it was our boy Todd Santillo. But it turns out it's Todd Santillo's dad is at Touchdown Daddy. <laughs> Twitter or at Daddy Touchdown. Or something Todd's like is that. at Toddy Centio. Yeah, and I think Dad is at at Daddy Touchdown. Well, I, you know, do you want to talk about you know t- t- Touchdown Daddy is a big is a big human being and he's a scary scary looking human being. He caught me one time in a hotel lobby when when our boy Todd was like a ninth grader and he was really, did he introduce himself as Touchdown no, he Daddy? Didn't, but he was really he was really you know selling me on the future of Todd and. How, how could I not know who he was and whatnot? We ended up we ended up being being buddies uh, going forward because you know at some point Todd was committed to Miami and he ended up going to Temple where I think he's in the mix. It is it's it's, it's at Daddy Touchdown, Mister Todd Santio. Right. He's a big like I said, he's a big guy. He's a he looks like he could have he probably was some type of football player back in the day and uh, definitely he, all that, the the swag coordinator is the one who tweeted out a lot of these things. Um. Which he doesn't have his name on here, so I don't know. It's just at Swag Coordinator. Is this where some guy that once was on yeah, the show? Exactly. So uh, anyway, big shout to Temple. I was wondering. I was just waiting for the backlash of, oh, this is this is uh, an NCAA. internet right, culture. Exactly. You know, what about the guys who don't have Twitters? They're probably the best players on the team, right? Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, the, the guys with the blank jerseys are the guys that everybody loves. <laughs> so anyway, check that out. I I, I recommend it, and I'm. Pro teams doing more fun stuff like this. I hate the teams that don't have names on the back of the jerseys, uh, Penn State and the like. I I, I want to know who guys are. I think the kids uh, deserve to have their names on their jerseys, and and that's just how it is. That's that's, that's my personal belief. So, moving on. That that was we did a couple of tweets uh, earlier for tweet of the week, but uh, I have a couple here. Let me see if I can find them. You better hope that mediocre money that you make at Rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life. We did get a listener from last week, uh, Brandon Nubian, uh, <laughs> whose uh, who's Twitter bio reads, Pro Black, I don't pick the cotton out of an aspirin bottle. Which I love that <laughs> bio. That's pretty great. funny. He got a big kick out of me uh, yelling at the old man about tasting the, uh, the vanilla uh, ice cream. So he said, he said, it tastes like vanilla old man is the new podcast slogan. So big shout out to Brandon for, uh, for listening to the show. And then, you know, not to get, uh, I'm not, don't want to get too political here, but I did have a political tweet. If I can, if I can locate it from, uh, from a, from a recruit who was, you know, we've got a lot of drama going on with these, uh, teacher protests and whatnot in different, uh, different areas. Where did it go? I might've lost it. I might've lost that, that too. Maybe I decided it was too political. Uh, it was Wandale Robinson was the, uh, was the guy who tweeted it. You know, it looks like, uh, looks like I lost it. Sorry, Wandale, but, uh, go check out Wandale Robinson's uh, Twitter. Uh, if you want to read it, cause it was a, uh, I thought an articulate political statement. So anyway, I have located to go back to something earlier in the show, the Twitter handle of three high school custodians, and I think, I think I think I found my starting point for my story. Wow, here. that was quick, huh? Yeah, I found here. I've got a uh, Mr. Andrew Turton. 
he is the uh, he's the head custodian at Mount yeah. Lebanon High School in California. Okay, well you can reach out. Wait, can you can you read some of? I want to know what he's <laughs> tweeted. Ne- 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 never tweeted. The only thing he's done is he's retweeted himself getting an award for uh, looks like he's been selected to the board's extra mile. He's been given the board's extra mile award. So what is that? Boy, that's pretty. Cool. I want to see like. Tweet anything like in, in like the location tag. Is like- <laughs> it's funny. The first tweet here is the high school quarterback is a real jerk. <laughs> he's crazy. And then he's from, added from, every football coach in the country from the men's wow. bathroom. Uh, that's yeah. funny. All right. Well, you know, we, we respect the, uh, the hardworking custodians out there and especially award-winning ones uh, like our boys. So big shot to him. Uh, and we'll uh, Rob, I would, I would really like uh Rob to do that to do that story. So maybe maybe. Well, if you remember the first time that that coach tweeted out that he he asked the janitor about a kid and the the guy said bad news and he left the school. I aggregated the guy's tweet and then made a story that said the high school coach stops recruiting player after opinion from janitor. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> well, we got we got an email from Brent Barry. Any chance it's the real Brent Barry? He lives great. in Austin, Texas. Didn't Brent Barry play for San Antonio? Ooh. Yeah. What's the emails? Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where is he? Oh, uh, he's a he's a white kid with goofy hair. Hmm. Oh, it's his kid. I thought you meant it was about the no. Podcast. But do you think this is Brent, the actual Brent Barry? Brent Barry. To, you know, I don't want to read his email. I almost did. <laughs> yeah, I guess the time the timelines up, see. right? I mean, I've pulled up a picture of Brent Barry now. I'm I mean, gonna, I could squint and see a resemblance here. I'm gonna look it up. See if it is his son, and if it is. Nick, we got to get Brent Barry on the podcast, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> Let's see. Yes, family. He has sons. Uh, oh wait, no. This is they have two sons. Okay, well, th- what are their names? <laughs> Come on, Wikipedia. Oh my God! Wait a minute. Wiki- the best thing on this Wikipedia. I'm going to read you post oh, playing career on. Oh, in no, 2004. Don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't do it. Well, I can't. No, why can't I do because it? People know about it, okay? People know about Jeez. it. If this is the real Brent Barry, well, he's not going to come on our podcast after airing out the dirty laundry. No, 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 no. It's nothing bad. Jeez, you guys think the worst. I was just going to point out that he hosts a radio show called The Bone Zone. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what we were talking Jeez. about. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, guys. Oh, man. Okay. The Bone Zone. Speaking of Bone, I... I, uh, me and Woody were talking earlier. He he put out this tweet publicizing that he was going to be on a radio show this afternoon, and he 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 retweets it and he quotes it. It says, "Oh snap!" And I was like, "Man, it sounds like he just found out he's he's going to be on the show in a couple." He hours. clearly did. Bone clearly found out he was about to be on the radio show, <laughs> oh, and they tagged him with a tweet. <laughs> oh snap! I cannot believe you guys thought I was going to read that. Well, man, I must really be a loose cannon. Oh, oh well, yeah, that's, that's your role on the show. So, <laughs> oh man, players only bio. I continue to search for. Uh, usually, usually, you know, it says like. Uh, usually, it says okay. You know, Brent has two sons, uh, but the problem is, you Google Brent Berry's son, and it, uh, it all comes up a bunch of results about. Uh, him being Rick Barry's son. So I'm going to keep looking at that while we talk so we can figure out if Brent Barry indeed has a son, because if he does, and if he's anywhere near as athletic as Brent and he's playing wide receiver, hello, let's get this guy a ranking, Nick. 
Yeah, maybe you can get me a spot on six, the six three one eighty. Last year I had sixty six catches for a thousand yards and seventeen touchdowns at at Austin High School. I didn't even know there was an Austin High School. Wow. Yeah. This is just going to be some random jabron, and we're just spending <laughs> valuable podcast time reading his high school stats. Big shot if it's not. Uh, Hickey's on here with the aforementioned Elijah Higgins and Garrett Wilson. So, um, yeah. uh, moving on, time for rants and recommendations. Now, this week, Nick and I did spend a lot of time together, and Boyd, Nick got to see me get get mad in person which uh he says plenty of times he's seen that but rob tell me you do a lot of parking in parking garages during your time especially down in where you live in miami so we go to get lunch or dinner it was basically basically a late lunch early dinner on saturday after the combine and we park in a parking garage you know we take our ticket we go eat our food we come back to the car and we pull up. Now, these are automated parking garages. We're talking a little tiny island with a machine, right? Not a full booth, not a person in there. And But what yep. do they have? A person standing there at the machine, you know, teetering almost like a balance beam on the little curb. They take your ticket for you. They put it in the machine. They put it in the machine. Then they take yeah. your card and put it in the machine. Saving no one, anyone, no time. And just... Uh, providing an extra step in the process. What is going on? They got rid of the boots with the people and replaced them with these machines. And now they're making people stand out there where they could potentially get run over. And more importantly, can always annoy me with, Oh, it'll be $3. Yeah. I can read the screen two, two inches in front of my face. I know how this works. What is with this? Well, I'm glad that I'm glad they're collecting paychecks. You know, you hate to see people get benched in favor of machines. Right, well, big shout to her. Um, what, what it started this trend? What is going on? The only only thing I can think of is that if maybe the machines are prone to short circuiting or like failing, and people are getting stuck in the parking garage, so I guess they're sitting there as some sort of fail safe. That's I mean that's just the logic in me. I guess yeah, she that, this lady was, is not qualified to technical support that. <laughs> yeah, she uh, was a real character, but she was nice, but. Let me, um, Isn't that the point of having the button? You know, if it messes up, you push the button and it here's what I think's happening. Let me let me spitball this theory. I think these people are like security guards and they're just bored. I think they're hired to hang around at the at the at the parking garage, just in case, one or two people, and they get bored. What else are they gonna do? Yeah, you know what? I'll go stand up at the front and help people pay. What do you what do you guys think of that theory? I think it's as fair a theory as mine, at least. Does it? The, but have you? Does this annoy you, Rob? Having to give your there you go. Oh, that never happens around here. You have like the southern hospitality thing. There's no way if somebody gets bored, a security gets gets bored working down here in Miami, they shoot dice in the in the alleyway or something. Like they're not going to come help people. Right. I sometimes get charged. Like I'll park my car somewhere, and this has happened before, where a random guy that clearly does not work anywhere near the facility will come up and be like, if you give me $5, I'll watch your car for it and make sure nobody breaks into it, which is code for, if you give me $5, I won't break into your car. Nobody's nobody's helping you here. That's, that's just not happening. And right. That, that also happens in Atlanta, too. <laughs> you oh, yeah, to exactly. But have you been, so you have been to a parking garage where you've seen this happen, Rob? That's what you're saying? Probably, maybe like not not in any of the garages I park in daily. I've seen it, I think, in events. Like, I think if you're going to, like, a basketball game or, or something, I've seen it. But I haven't seen it in just, like, a random municipal garage. 
Yeah, it, it's happened. It's happening more and more, and it's driving me crazy. I don't, you know, oh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'd be doing great if you weren't standing here. If listen, if if there's a person there in the window, okay, I can buy it. You know, we've seen this at the Marta stations around town. You park in the parking garage there. That's fine. You know what you're getting into. But when you park in a self-service garage, it's called self-service. This is be like going to the gas station, expecting to pump your own gas and then having to deal with a random person being like, no, nah, I got it. Like, you know, get out of here. So <laughs> no, I, I feel you. second story. Nick, should we tell our story of the week uh, at Allie's Cookies? What do you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Nick's laughing already. I don't know. That might. That, I, the more I think about it, that might only be like really funny to you and me. But yeah, let's. I mean, <laughs> you've already called it the story of the week, so how can we not tell it now? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a cool story, bro. Uh, situation, but you'll like it, Rob. So even if the listeners don't, Rob will appreciate it. So Nick and I, uh, boy, we had a, a lot of drama. There was bad weather on Sunday. We couldn't find a place to eat. We finally we found a place. Line out the door. So, so, you know, Nick is up in arms. He's mad at me. We're, you know, Rob, you've been there before. Uh, as we're, I have. As we're bar- darting around trying to find a cool place to eat. Eventually, Nick says, look, let's just go back to your house and eat somewhere in your neighborhood. We know there's a lot of restaurants there. So I say, okay. So as we're driving, I find us a place to eat. Uh, I'll just mention it. Why not? Rise and Dine. Uh, big shout to them over in Emory Commons uh, here in Atlanta. We had a nice little meal. Nick, uh, Nick got some pierogies. I, uh, my eyes got a little big for, uh, my britches as I ordered two meals and only ate, uh, I mean, ended up eating like some eggs and bacon and I ordered a giant salad, which I then brought home. So anyway, we decided, oh, it's right next door to Allie's cookies, best cookie place in the United States, bar none. Uh, I've been, I've been everywhere. I like to eat cookies. So we walk in there and oh boy, there's a lot of people in there, kids in there enjoying some milk and cookies, having a great time, eating ice creams and whatnot. And in front of us, there was a man, you, you know, I would describe as a dweeb, an adult male, right? Nick, dweebish? <laughs> dweebish yeah. tendencies? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. It's him and his son, you know, and he goes in there with his son. And so, you know, so the woman comes up and says, hey, you know, what, what can I, what can I get for you? And he goes on, starts telling this story. He goes, oh, yeah, uh, you know, recently I ordered some cookies for a delivery, uh, and that's that's part of the shtick is they have cookie delivery there. I think your website might even be like, you know, cookiedelivery.com or something like that. And you could, you know, basically send it like a like some, you know, 10 different cookies, 12 different cookies is very good. So anyway, he says he ordered cookies for delivery, and uh, yeah, the wrong amount of cookies came, and it wasn't the right flavors. And uh, I, I called in and complained, and they told me that uh, – if I came into the store, I could have like two free cookies or something, <laughs> which, which he's super vague. He doesn't say who he talked to. Very sheepish. Not even as confident as that impression that what he, what he just laid out. Yeah. The dramatization made him seem a lot tougher than he was. Yeah, he was very dweeby, super, super dweeby. Tells this convoluted story, has no receipt. No date of purchase, no point of contact. It wasn't like, hey, I called and talked to David. He told me to come in and I could get two cookies. He was just totally spitballing. Well, the the, the clerk says, uh, yeah, hold on a second. <laughs> it goes to confer with the other college. These are just Emory College students who work there. And there was some type of conference, at which point they decide just to give the guy the free cookies. And Nick and I, of course, were, you know, <laughs> we knew the guy was full of it and i had a classic womack laughing fit which uh anybody if you haven't seen it in real life rob you've seen me have a laughing fit where i can't 
Yeah, I usually cause them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, what was what was better was the the girl that was putting the cookies together was more put off by Woody laughing than she was by this guy just coming in here with this stupid story. Yeah, because because then she's like, "Can I help you?" And I was mid like silent laugh, like drooling slash crying on myself. And uh, you know, we got up to the counter, we questioned the next person, so you know, we could really buy in that guy's story. And, and she was, oh, wait a minute, Officer Womack. I, I told her, I said, look, you know, we'd be willing to launch an investigation if, you'd like, if uh, you could provide us access to some of the records here, you know. Um, at which point she, she decided, she goes, eh, you know, it's just two cookies. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, we had to pay for our two cookies apiece. Yeah, no, I'm, t- I'm this guy's team. Why are you guys, why are you guys playing cop on this guy? Because he, because it was, he didn't, he like, like Nick said, he was not confident enough in telling. He was clearly lying. It's not like me, where. Well, yeah, but he sold it. I mean, he sold it to the cookie people. That's all that matters. He doesn't he need did. a couple. Putting a number to citizens' arrest. No, he didn't sell it. He didn't sell it. They girls, did he get the free cookies? Yeah, he got free cookies. Yeah, then he sold it. That's, I mean, it was mission accomplished. We're over there. We're over there, bad mouthing him, trash talking a story, et cetera, et cetera. Because he had like gotten the cookies and turned around and walked away. We immediately went into it with the with the cashier about the whole thing. Little did we know, you know, he was sitting at the front door with his kid eating eating said cookies the whole time. We're just sitting there. Like, <laughs> you guys at Friedman are a squadron. Now. We were ripping him. Womack, pi. Listen, let me tell you something. I am all for a good hustle, okay? And then Nick brought that up later. He said, you know, maybe he just was teaching his kid a good lesson on how to steal free cookies, at which point you should respect that, which I would, but they knew he was lying. So they just, rather than deal with it, just said, fine. But he got the job done. I mean, the result is the same here. Nah, not if they know you're lying. Uh, Because guess what? If I would have been working there, I would have been like, hit the road, Jack. That'll be... That'll be two ninety eight for these cookies. Get some day olds if you want a discount. You know what I mean? As as we're sitting here talking about cookies, a Michigan linebacker has threatened to kill Jim Harbaugh on the internet. I did see that. Our boy. We were just talking about him recently. Uh, Mbasi. Yeah, he's from Atlanta. Uh, guess what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He tweets. He gets mad at Harbaugh and he tweets. Well, a bunch of curse words, and then let's not have a murder case on our hands, dead or alive. Yeah, he tweeted tags Harbaugh. He tweeted a lot, lot. I think last night deleted a lot of the tweets. You can find the story. Um, How is it a murder case if it's alive? I don't know, man. Well, it's not. Those a are two separate tweets. Let's not have a murder case on our hand. End tweet. Send yeah. tweet. Let's not. Let's not. Have, yeah, dead or alive. End tweet. Send tweet. Yeah, he, he said. He said a lot of stuff. There was several more tweets. Basically. Uh, the story is that he was having a personal issue at home, left the team to go deal with it, and then he was told he was suspended. So that made him mad. He ends up leaving the team. He's not on the team anymore, which I saw incorrectly reported in a few places, uh, which is why I didn't really eh, – it wasn't really a good – it wasn't a good story for us to talk about. Um, I just – this is the first I'd seen of it. Anyway, bot- bottom line, Ali's Cookies is the best. That guy's the worst. And uh, stop lying about – stop lying <laughs> If he would have done the classic Womack where they questioned him and then he said, well, what do you think? I just come into places and make up stories to get free cookies? What kind of person would do something like that? Then I would have loved it. But he was clearly lying. So to be fair, it's stop lying unless you're better at lying. Yes. Okay, good. We've established. That's right. Someone's trying to hack into my Twitter. Someone's trying to hack into my email account right now. Yeah. Yahoo's on top of it. Uh, big shout to Yahoo, our parent uh, company where we work. Are you signing in? Does this ask me if I'm signing in? No, I'm not signing in from Internet Explorer. Which is, which is owned by Oathcon, which is owned by Verizon. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay, let's go. Okay, let's get out of here. All right. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Uh, we want to remind people, tell a friend, leave a review. Let me check real quick while we are talking here. Did we get any new reviews this week? You guys, what do you think? Rob, yes or no? I'm going to go with no. No. No, Nick says no too. I'm pulling it up now. We are did not get any new reviews. We are stuck on 75. 25 away. Bizarro Tyler was our last written review that was on March 27th. Come on, guys. Let's give us some reviews. Yeah, they're probably scared you're going to turn them in for trying to steal cookies or something now that we've established that you're the police. I'm not going to turn them in if they have a credible story. I, I, listen, I'm a character actor, okay? I want, I need you to at least, you know, add, add a few things in. You see, you have to specifically mention, you know, be like, hey, you know, I ordered two George Washingtons. You put two red velvets in there. Nobody likes red velvet. You, so you throw them off the scent. Okay? Nah, you get a point. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, you're from New York. You would have sniffed it out in two seconds and been like, oh, for sure. I would have known, but I don't think I would have dimed the guy out. I would have just let him have his free stuff. Well, he got his free stuff. You know. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna go get some alleys right now, man. Matter of fact, I need to get some potting soil. Yeah, head on over, buy some potting soil. Maybe get a get a nice little cookie this afternoon. Yeah, I know I know where you can get some for free. <laughs>